Welcome to the Mind Positivo podcast. My name is Biagio, and today I'm excited to speak to a Daniel Vincent. Daniel is the National Education Manager for Soldier On and a State Committee Member for Defence in Business. Daniel has also served in the Australian Army for 16 years with multiple operation, operational tours to East Timor, Iraq and Afghanistan. Daniel is a mentor and a coach to return servicemen and women and individuals that are living with disabilities. He is also an avid cyclist and triathlete. Daniel, welcome to the podcast. Hey, yeah, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure nah, to be thanks, here. Thank you, mate. Thank you. That's <laughs> man, that's so much. You, I'm excited because you, you know, I'm able to chat. You know, we talk to CEOs, athletes, and entrepreneurs, and people make a difference. And you obviously are one of those that have um, done so much, and you're doing so much to help <laughs> others. So, um, so thanks for taking the time to join us. And no, uh, my pleasure. Mate, just wanted to start. So, how did how did you um, get into? What was the inspiration? To get into serving. Firstly, the, the, in the army for, for Australia and the country. Oh, getting in the military. Um, first, uh, before I get into that, it's actually, I had a look at the podcast stuff. It's, uh, it's humbling to be here looking at all the people that you've, uh, you've spoken to previous. So um, I'm actually quite honoured to be a part of it. So um, Appreciate it, mate. But, no, um, but to, to how I got into the military, um, I grew up in a military family, actually, to be honest. Um, my uh, dad was in the Navy um and uh, so growing up like that i originally wanted to join the navy and um uh didn't get accepted into the navy for silly reasons now when you look back on it i had plates in my arm from breaking it and uh the navy originally said no um because my plates would affect an antenna on a ship so it was um so i ended up joining (laughs) it was quite it was quite amusing actually and um so a friend of mine and I said, let's join the army. And um, so I joined the military, joined the army, got accepted um, and said I wanted to join the infantry and off I went. And, uh, you know, that was, that was the start of my career in the, uh, in the military and um, went through basic training, uh, went to Kapuka, went to Singleton, enjoyed every minute of it. Um, to be honest, it was a bit of an eye opener um uh, so i'm a bit of a rebellious kind of personality like to challenge the status quo and um so the army was an interesting interesting place um and once i went off to uh uh, singleton went straight into uh what is the commando unit now um to commando um i did my first posting there and within a year i was off to timor so yeah, getting into the army. Always, oh, look, I always wanted to join the military anyway because uh, it was something that was in my heart uh, to serve, uh, to serve the nation, to do something of service. Right. If that, um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, That's, I was gonna, yeah. and I was gonna ask you: Is it something you, as a kid, wanted to really do? Um, you know, like some of your kids, you want to play cricket, want to do sport, or pilots, whatever. Yeah. That's something look, you always wanted to do. Yeah, look, I wanted to do something uh, of service. Uh, I guess as a kid, also, I was I was really religious. Um, mm-hmm. Not many, not many people know this when they they meet me now, and um, uh, when they when you finally get to like when I open up and talk about it. Yeah, I was deeply religious as a kid, and I was um, uh, believed in a lot of that stuff. And I, you know, I I like what I liked about it was 
giving uh, giving a part of you to help other people or giving something of your own liberties up to support someone else um, and look after other people. So that's that's the part I drew from religion and I guess being a little boy running around um, playing armies with my mates, you know, I thought what, you know, what, what not a better way than to join the military because it's the ultimate service of serving the nation to protect the, the liberties that we've had that people once fought for in wars and went on and on and on over through history. So I thought, you know, the best way to do this is uh, to, you know, sign that dotted line and go and join the military. And, you know, originally the plan was just to do four years um, and, and then get out. But, you know, four years turned into, you know, eight years, uh, then turned into 10 years. And then I took a break, mm-hmm. um, moved to London and then came back, got back in and then turned into another, uh, another uh, couple of years after that, another six years after that. And, um, and look, enjoyed every minute of it. Oh, well, enjoyed parts of it and didn't enjoy parts of it. But, you know, that is, that is, that is like any job though. So, yeah. Yeah, of course. Just... Um, whatever you do in life, anything, you know, there's going to be bits that you won't like about it. But, um, but yeah. you know, it's, it's the serving and making a difference. So I, I, get, I get that part. And I know we've spoken before about um, the, the actual, the military and the different uh, types of, let's say, um, views of militaries and servicemen and women in different yeah. countries. Uh, we spoke about this and I think I told you the story about my great uncles who were in the Second yeah, World yeah. War and they were very tight. They wouldn't say anything. I think I got one or two things out of them ever and they never spoke about it. But I know the US, obviously you would know too, is these yeah. returned servicemen and women are, there's, there's a bigger profile, more more respect, I'd like to say, compared to even Australia, even Italy and other countries that I've had a look at. But what's your view on that? You know, I mean, I know you work with Soldier Ron and you help a lot of yeah. these return service, but what's your view on that? Well, I, I guess it's like it's how it's built into the culture of society, isn't it, if you look at it? Um, America has been, you know, in a lot of uh, conflicts for a very, very long time now. And they look at their military from a different light to what Australia is. Um, we're, we're a smaller military, a very professional military. Like it's, um, do, do we need to integrate it into society? It's like America. I think we can find a middle ground of, of that. I get a bit, and I have been thanked for my service and I, I get a little bit freaked out by that, you know, to be honest, that's just me personally. Um, because if you, if I go back to how I said I was as a kid, I, I wanted to do this, you know, there's, I don't feel that I need to be thanked for it because, um, I chose it, you know, I, I chose this opportunity. Um, so my view, look, if people want it and people, you know, want to have it, well, let's try and ingrain it. But I think everybody should give it a go everybody should give some kind of service a go back to the nation. So it's, um, I guess, yes, in a way and no, in, and, and no, in, in, in a similar mm-hmm. way as well. It's recognize what they've done and understand that, you know, that they've given, you know, they've given up their liberties and yes, it, it's a tough life, but you don't need to over overstep and over, you know, give them everything for doing it. It's yeah. um, just acknowledge it and um, 
understand what they've done and what they've been through is, you know, at the end of the day, I, all I ask for, I don't, I don't expect to be given everything because I, because I chose it. I chose that life and I wanted to do it. So it was, it was what I wanted to do. If I was being conscripted and taken away from my liberties and forced into a, into a career like that, um, well, then it might be a totally different uh, answer for myself. I'd probably be like, hey, you know, <laughs> I didn't ask for this. Yeah. So please recognise my service. You know, like, hey, I, I got this taken away from me. Um, I, I, I want to be heard. So, but because I chose it and people in our defence force, a lot of them, we choose, we choose to join the military. We, mm-hmm. we, we see it as a, you know, I hope everybody sees it as service as serving the nation you chose it so that is um you know be recognized for what you gave up and what you've done and what you've been a part of and let people understand it but don't go over the top and and make it a big big fuss about it so but just acknowledge it yeah and i mean you know and also we've got to recognize that a lot of australians do respect our return service men and women Correct. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot. So, and the discussion is really exactly. about the different cultures in different countries, how they're perceived. So, but just on yeah. that point of serving, you're now um, with Soldier On. So you're a, a yeah. mentor and a coach for uh, these men and women that are uh, coming out of the service or preparing to come out of the service. Tell us a bit about some of the great stuff you're doing there. Yeah. Well, so to bring it back to the um, uh, recognition, working with Soldier On, it's you, we work with so many different organisations and it's um, you, you see people want to learn, they want to understand, they want to know about it, they want to, um, they want to know how they can incorporate and culturally understand the difference and what people have been through. So, you know, I see that on a daily basis, talking with a lot of um, corporate, uh, corporate um, sponsors, uh, especially in the education space, you know, education is a big thing and uh you know i've been quoted a couple of times saying um uh education and studying is like a golden ticket you know willy wonka's golden ticket so so universities are understanding this and so is tafe and so is all the tafe so they're trying to do these ranked recognitions and say hey for your service we will give you this and it will provide you with this. And they're trying to recognize. So, which is that, you know, I'm seeing all that. And that's, you know, that's fantastic. So bring it back to what we were talking about a minute ago. Um, but Soldier On, like it's 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 actually quite a interesting organization. And I say interesting in a great way. Like it's um we look at the entire I would say veteran ex-serving community, however you want to identify in that space. Um, but also their families. And, you know, we recently have gone out to say we will support the Afghan uh, refugees who supported the coalition forces, but we don't just support them in one way. We try to look at it from a holistic picture. And um, we, so we use like the health model, health and wellbeing. Um, We've got uh, employment, learning and participation. But if you take it and you bend it around a little bit we try to look at more of a like a a life and so a uh, life bracket social um, and career construction model where we want to understand 
where you want to go next or how you want to be there and how do we get you there and what's the path that will, you know, will take you there. Um, so we, 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 it's, it's quite unique like that. And, um, and it's a lot of, a lot of fun and I say fun and enjoyment to now give back in a different way and understand what people want to do past service. What do they want to do? You know, it's, it's like a new lease on life and, you know, you, people have been indoctrinated and into that military life. What do they do now? And I've sat with a couple of people and just said, and they like, oh, I just want to go straight into a career. And I said, what actually do you want to do? And that, you know, that whole question is, huh? And I'm like, well, just think, you know, you have a new lease on life. You know, you've just had a near death experience kind of thing. What do you want to do? What would you do again if you had this, the chance over? And they're like, I'd like to do this. You know, this is what makes me happy. And we will sit and we will model out what that looks like and how to get there. And if that's just socially integrating back in and understanding how to be back in society, well, that's, you know, that's fantastic because that's making them happy and that's going to get them back into society, which then slowly brings them back into the workforce if that's the path that they've taken. Um, however, it's great to sit down and say to someone, hey, I, you know, I want to go into HR, I want to study a business degree, I want to go into HR, let's break down what HR's components are, let's look at all the different facets, how do we get you there? And, and because a lot of them don't know, and you go, and then they go, oh, that's the path I want to take. Well, that's how do we get to that path? So that's, that's the beauty of Soldier On. And if they need clinical services, you know, we have that there. And we have a great, wonderful team, both in the social connections and the clinical services that, you know, will support you all the way through it. And, you know, you can step across knowing that if I'm having a bad day, I can get there and I can do this or I can jump across. So that's that's what I like about Soldier On. It looks, it's got the whole picture encapsulated in one, in one space and you don't have to bounce around to different organisations Um to different ESOs or ESOs or an ex-service um, ex organisation um, for the listeners that aren't um, privy to that. So if I use acronyms, Biagio, that mm -hmm. you, you're not just pull me up straight away and That's I'll try right. and clarify. But yeah, so it's it's a, a holistic organisation that um, looks at everything internally and you can just bounce around the teams and the teams know each other and they can talk to one another straight right there and then and we look at our CRM and and we have like meetings all the time, like this person's coming through, this is what they need and the teams would get together and they'll have a discussion on the best way to support this person coming through. Yeah. And the, the, the question also I wanted to ask you, Daniel, was, uh, you know, I've sort of observed that, you know, let's take athletes, for example, sports people. Yeah. They have now have programs, you know, so you're a junior, you jump into the, the football, the cricket, the league, whatever. They have programs yeah. outside of what sport they do to de continue develop their ongoing, you know, careers and stuff like that, where yeah. the the military side of things is different. Um, it is there any internal? It looks like it's it, everything happens after you uh, leave the service. Am I right or wrong in that sort of observation? So it's yeah. So it depends on how you transition, um, and uh, so transition is is an interesting space and it's uh, an ever evolving space in defense at the moment. And it's, uh, it's one of the big talking points 
um, at the moment. So it depends on how you transition, how you prepare yourself for a transition, how you decide to get out. You know, if, if from my from my personal experience, I came home from Afghanistan. I was at the point where I was like, I've had enough. I don't want to be in anymore. Um, I was finishing my master's of business and I made the call. I'd had a discussion with my boss in Afghanistan and, you know, I said, look, what, where, where do I go from here? And he's like, my advice is, you know, if, if you're not getting promoted, you're not doing, this is not happening. What do you want to do? And we talked about getting out. So I'd made that decision in my head. I was like, okay, I need to transition. I need to get out. What do I do? And I started networking and I started looking at careers and I started doing everything. Um, however, when I tried to get out, I was getting, I ended up getting medically separated because I had injured my spine. I've injured my neck. I have uh, diagnosis for uh, mental health issues. Um, so they stopped me and said, look, Hey, you're going to be medically separated, but I'd already ne networked myself into a new career. So I'd already found out what I needed to do. And I said to them, look, that's okay. I'm, I've got a job. I'm going to transition anyway. So they put me on leave without pay um, until my medical separation went through. And, you know, I transitioned out, went to a new job, lasted, a, you know, a couple of months there and was like, ah, and then um, uh, went into a new career, did another two years and bounced around. So it, it, it depends on how you transition. It's, um, so my transition was quite positive. Mm -hmm. Like uh, even though I had some hurdles once I got out, it was still a positive transition even though I was being medically done it's if you just it's if if you just cut the cord as we I like to use the word if you just cut the cord and go with nothing it it's a different story it's because nothing they they try and provide everything for you but if you choose not to accept it or choose not to take it or choose not to listen or or fully understand what's available to you um or ask the questions or uh, well, then it's, it's, it's a much tougher transition. For those who just get medically separated, terminated and gone, that's even tougher. Like it's because your, your identity just is cut away from you. So a medical separation, your identity is gone. You are like medically separated. If you haven't been down my path where I was already choosing to go, medical separation and out, that's your, your entire identity is just literally ripped away from you. What do I do? Where do I go? What's happening to me? And it, and, it, and it can start to play with your mental health issues. And I've seen it. I've seen it in some of my friends. I've seen it in, um, in the stories that you see on the news and, and the tragic ones. And, the, and it's so it's all there. You've just got to know where to look for it and know yeah. who to talk to. That yeah. is, so the, the, it's, a, it's an evolving beast and defence is aware of that. Like, and, and some of the ESOs out there, Everyone's aware of it. DVA is aware of it. It's just trying to all come together to make this transition piece more fluid, more, you know, streamlined. So all the information is there and it's, 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 you know, it's, it's government, you know, yeah. so government takes a long time to do anything and um, you've got to get so many different parties to listen to one another. And it's, yeah, but it, it, it's all there. It's, you've just got to know where to look yeah. and understand. And and, and, and yeah. organisations like Soldier Wrong and, you know, and Department of Veterans Affairs, which is part of the government, um, yeah. obviously they, they're there to support um, around that 
you know, that, that journey that you, you explained. So I wanted to next, ask you next, Daniel, about helping individuals living with disabilities. As you know, this is pretty close to my, uh, my heart here. So um, what, what is it that, how did you get involved and what is it that you, the great things that you're doing there? Um, oh, how did I get involved? So um, I got to a point in the corporate sector um, where I was, I was making a lot of money. Uh, you know uh but you know that that wasn't my motivator so um and i got to a point and a couple of catalysts happened in my life and i you know had a full rock bottom meltdown like full like i went to the to the extreme figuratively figuratively and uh, yeah figuratively and literally i was at a at the edge of a cliff kind of thing that's that's where i got i was I was I was at rock bottom. Um, I quit my job. I just didn't want to be part of society anymore. I just because I felt all my all my intrinsic motivators just wash away, and um, so it was really I was at, I was at rock bottom, and I took some time off, and you know I had the luxury of where I was medically separated, and DVA came to my aid, and you know, said, Hey, we can look after you. And I was like, thank you. You know, and I had a really good occupational therapist at the time and she was brilliant. And she'd sat with me and talked with me and I had a really good psychologist and my wife sat with me and, you know, we talked about where I wanted to be. And I, you know, I said, I want to go back to what I was like as a kid. And I want to go back to serving. I want to go back to helping. And I want to really be back in that that part of life and I don't, you know, I don't want to be in corporate earning money and just working for the man kind of thing. Um, and, but I needed qualifications cause you couldn't just really go into anything. And so I started, start, I started looking around and then COVID happened, you know, I went um, actually before COVID happened, I went with an organization called veterans care association and we went to Timor on their thing called Timor awakening. And it was, my wife got to go and, and it was over there, we started building a school and we were talking about things. And I was like, this is what I want to do. You know, I want, you know, we were working with un, in, um, underprivileged kids, helping them. And, and then, you know, COVID's happening. And you know, so I came back and said, this is what I want to do. COVID happened. I was like, I'm never going to get a job now because <laughs> we don't know what's happening in the world. Um, and I just happened to be looking on a volunteer's website and I saw this uh, organization called Orca. The, uh, so it's called the Orca Project under Wesley Mission, uh, Wesley Mission Queensland. And um, read about them, looked them up, and they work with uh, kids with disabilities. Also, I shouldn't say kids; they're young adults, and want to get them into employment. So I was in recruiting, and I was like, "Well, maybe I can help in this space and bring everything I've done." And I just happened to send an email and um, got uh, got and the program coordinator gave me a call and said, what do I want to do? Uh, and I said, I'd like to volunteer. And then I had a, a really funny meeting over Zoom with the, with uh, so program coordinator was Karen and then Alison was the head of the organization. And I had a Zoom meeting and I thought they were just doing privacy. And because uh, like my screen was blank, I just thought that was, that but it was quite funny my computer just wasn't working and I they were making comments and I couldn't realize I was supposed to see them 
Um, and we had a good laugh for two and a half hours and they said, do you want a job? And I was like, oh, I'd like to volunteer. And they said, how about you? We've got a job going. Would you like a job? And I, they gave me my first into working with that without any qualifications. So I was studying, sorry, I was studying my postgrad in mental health, but they said, come in and we'll give you an opportunity. And that's how I got into it. And, you know, if, if it wasn't for that organisation uh, and Karen and Alison giving me a go, I wouldn't be where I am today with, in Soldier On because working with people with disabilities, it really made me look at myself and reflect really, really, really hard on who I am as a person. Um, and, you know, you know, I was suffering mentally from depression and I was like, I questioned my own depression and who I was noting some of these people I were working with, you know, I've been judged straight up instantaneously on view and being criticized faster than I was. And these people had a disability and they have also mental health issues. And I was like, no, this is not, this is not right. You know, I'm, I'm okay. And so I really got into that space and I really wanted to help. And I started engaging with them and I, it was, it changed my whole perspective back to where I was before I joined the army and wanting to serve and wanting to really come back to the, to society and say, you know, if you look at supporting those who don't, you know, don't have what we have, you know, society actually functions, you know, better. And um, so, yeah, I started working closely with them and, teaching them about employment skills and uh, getting them back in the workforce and, you know, talking to organisations on why it's beneficial to have cultural diversity and uh, giving these people with, uh, you know, so giving these young adults, and I shouldn't say people, these young adults who, that's what they are, it's just young adults, <laughs> the opportunity to just be a part of society and give them that chance to feel accepted and you know I saw the transformation in some of them and I still and it was one of the hardest things to tell Alison and Karen that I was going to resign and um and and move on because but I said look I still want to be connected with your organization um because you know of what it you know what it did for me and what I think it could do for so many people and I think what it could do for so much of the veteran serving organization uh, as the, for those who have separated um, to just go and be a part of that and you know give back to society because that's what a lot and you know, bring it back to why people join the military and it's why I think a lot of people join the military is that whole service go back and you know re-give to those that you that are less fortunate than you and you'll it will change your perspective and you'll do this and that's you know I think if if I hadn't done that I don't think I could have done this role in in soldier on soldier on yeah and it's like yeah. you said everybody needs an opportunity you you yeah. me these poor indiv- individuals that are living with uh, disabilities return everybody yeah. if there's no opportunity I, I really believe that there's really not you know, it, it gives you the purpose. Yeah. Um, for all our listeners who are overseas, um, Daniel lives in beautiful Brisbane, Queensland, Australia, <laughs> and he he also is an avid cyclist and triathlete. 
So how do you fit all that in? I know Queensland's beautiful. <laughs> Queensland is beautiful. Uh, so Queensland, Queensland is beautiful. It's, um, we've been very lucky. I'm, I, look, I take my hat off and say we have been so lucky through COVID. We've only had a couple of lockdowns. Um, our, we've been free to do pretty much whatever we want to do. So, you know, and, and my heart goes out to everyone that doesn't have that opportunity. But how do I fit it all in? Um, uh, so I have a really, uh, really caring wife. <laughs> Let's just say Jen is really, she's really understanding. Um, so she's, you know, I've, I've, I've learnt to not take it as an obsession. And there was a point where I was highly obsessed into triathlon and that. Um, I was using it as escapism to get away from dealing with anything. Um, But, you know, I just, now I just enjoy it because I see the benefits of it. I originally took triathlon as, um, because I did it as a kid. Um, and then, you know, joined the army and they said, oh, you can do triathlon in the army. And I was like, oh yeah, sweet. I didn't get any time to do triathlon in the military until towards the end of my career. Um, and once I went into the clerical policy uh, space, but I just, you know, try to get up in the morning, make some time, make sure the routine fits the family as well. Now it's, hey, I'm going to go for a bike ride, do we have anything on? I'll get up a bit early. Um, I'm going to go for a swim. I look soldier on uh, part of the social connections uh, aspect. And I've just come from the pool is they have a swim session on on Fridays and you can go down and swim as part of work. And, it, you know, so I just, I'm just like, sweet, I'll just go back and swim. And um, and we've got a gym at work as well. So I um, have the luxury of using the gym. At, uh, so we've got all these free weights and, rack bars and that so I use them at work and um and I just you know run before work and try to try to factor it all in and sort of negotiate with the family now it's um hey I'm gonna go do this and my wife will be like hey I've I've got to go to the gym at that time you've already done this I'm like okay yeah sweet I'll yeah kind of negotiate yeah no dramas you guys go do that and I'll do this I'll fit it in if I fit it in um, but COVID is, um, it's, it's killed a lot of the races. Um, I've had, um, I've had two races where I, um, I've had to withdraw. So I think one was last year and I was a bit umming and ahhing how we could do it during COVID. And, um, so I withdrew and then this, um, the one that I could have done just recently, we had a couple of, you know, personal events happening in our families that I was like, oh, no, I can't, I, you know, I can't. I can't go because it's going to have dramatic effects on the family. So it's, it's just making time, I guess, and um, factoring it all in and really having a set plan to do this. And for, for cycling, I, I enjoy it because I live in the hills um, out the back is all hills. And I have um, where I, some of the places I ride, if you go out early in the morning, you get all this, um, these nice smells and it, it actually takes me back and, I, and it makes me ride so much stronger and so much harder. And it's because it gives me all these positive memories of being back in the military out on patrols overseas in like East Timor and just that fresh rainforest lantana smell in, you know, with the, <laughs> yeah. I know that sounds crazy. I know it might sound crazy to some people, but it's, it's peaceful. Such a, 
yeah, it, it is, and it's such a positive memory for myself mm-hmm. that I um that it it takes me back to something that I enjoy, and all my worries disappear, and everything that I'm stressed out about for the you know that I might have been or the the pain in my legs absolutely goes away, and I've just got memories with some of my mates um, just doing silly stuff on patrols or taking the mickey out of one another and and then before i know it you know 40 k's have gone by and i'm like oh i better turn around and head back yeah (laughs) and i I guess that's the part that um we call them anchor moments of mind positive or that folks on things have made you happy so mate um in in summary dan we could talk for hours um yeah yeah i just wanted to ask you one last thing what if there was one tip you could give the listener especially you know, the young ones that are deciding what they want to do with their life, you know, what is the one tip you would give them um, before they made any decisions or whatever it was? Network. Ask questions. Network. Reach out to people um, before you make any rash decisions is, you know, really, really, really network Um, and yeah talk to people that are experts in that field people will talk to you don't be afraid to reach out because people want to talk to you about their stories and if they don't if they don't come back to you in the first time hit them up again and you know just keep hitting them up because they'll eventually come back and 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 find out what that career is all about and if it's the right decision because if you're wanting to do something new and wanting to really understand it it get as much knowledge as you can about that role because it'll the more knowledge you have the more positive the experience is going to be and you're going to stick with it if you the less knowledge you have and if you go into it and you just go i'm just going to give this a go and it doesn't work out well then you're going to have a negative negative view on it and talking about mental health and stuff like that if something bad happens again that trigger and that that negative trigger will come forward and it will throw itself at you again and you'll all these angst will come forward but if you can get it get a as you said positive anchor and network and find out so much about it it will make that transition and that maneuver so much easier yeah and that's some great advice there i mean a lot of people these days you know um with what's happening social media and things like that it's easy just to that trigger to go off and say, oh, this is, I can't do this. And people, um, their, their focus shifts to, to negative areas. So, mate, I just wanted to say thank you so much for uh, taking yeah, the time right. to join us, join me on the podcast. Congratulations, everything you're doing, and you're doing a great yeah, job, yeah, mate. Thanks. Um, you know, <laughs> thanks very much. And, you know, especially um, in the areas you're focusing in, um, we, there's never enough help. You know, so no, thanks yeah. for that. And uh, everyone That's who does right. the same as well. Um, and, yeah, so hopefully we can talk again and uh, hopefully maybe catch up in Brisbane once uh, this thing called COVID is, uh, is uh, disappeared. <laughs> So um, we'll, we'll have to let you in first. You know, that's, that's the, uh... <laughs> well, we'll see how we go anyway, but once again, mate, I really appreciate it. Thanks again. Yeah. And uh, you have a great day and uh, hopefully we'll talk again soon, Daniel. All right. Talk to you soon. See ya. Thank you. Bye. Bye.